Is it really possible to use someone's own money to hire lawyers and then use those lawyers to take everything away from that person? Or perhaps such things are the creation of overzealous imaginations. It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. Come along for this week's episode, Free Britney. But first, it's time for Strange Events, Bizarre Facts, The Unbelievable Revealed. This is the Mindboggle of the Week. Hexagon on Saturn? Seriously, there's a giant hexagon on Saturn. Our solar system holds many strange mysteries. One of the strangest is Saturn's North Pole Hexagon. Images are readily available online and look like a perfect geometric pattern. It measures an amazing 29,000 kilometers across, 300 kilometers high, and its gases move 320 kilometers an hour. It completes a rotation approximately every 11 hours. It was discovered in 1981 and has been observed to change color. Strangely, the South Pole does not have any such feature, although it does have a vortex. Some scientists suspect it is caused by an interdimensional Santa Claus. However, more plausible theories have been theorized. For example, scientists found that when two dissimilar fluids rotate at different speeds, sometimes geometric patterns emerge. As strange as it seems, these patterns have been created in a laboratory. What would it be like to skydive into the eye of this massive storm? Will we ever send an atmospheric probe to explore its depths? What hidden secrets lie beneath this giant hexagonal wonder? And now it's time for the show! Okay, I first encountered this one on Discord in a conspiracy channel. And... I saw a couple of, somebody posted a few Instagram pictures where Brittany was spelling words out with yoga poses, and I thought, okay, well, that's interesting, but it's probably, probably there's not a whole lot to it. Well, it turns out there's a whole lot of questionable Instagram posts that Brittany has put out over the years, especially recently, and it, it would be easy to dismiss these as, you know, over-paranoid fans interpreting them as cries for help when really it's just weird Instagram posts. But then I started looking a little deeper to what's going on here. And whether or not the Instagram posts have any validity to them at all is sort of secondary to the fact that there do appear to be strange goings-on behind the scenes in the life of Britney Spears. So let's take a look at uh, Britney Spears and the Free Britney movement and the conspiracy that she's being held captive by her father and business manager. Okay, let's get to it. I'm starting in November 2006, when Kevin Federline, Britney's then-husband, filed for divorce. He was a backup dancer in one of her videos, I believe, and they married, had a couple of children together, and then divorced. Short story, right? Around this time, Britney Spears was reputed to be partying quite a lot. She'd go out all night dancing and drinking and maybe show up to rehearsals, probably still half drunk, not having gotten any sleep, you know, looking kind of disheveled and stuff. In February 15th, 2007, she checked into rehab for a little less than 24 hours. 
She got out the next day on the 16th, and that's her infamous head shaving incident. Often this incident is cited as a clear sign that something was deeply wrong with her. She had some sort of mental disorder and needed help. But on the other hand, I did hear or read somewhere that it's possible she was just sick of people touching her hair. Everywhere she went, there were people swarming her and they wouldn't stop touching her hair and pulling on it and stuff. So she just got sick of it all and shaved it all off. I can understand that because if people were touching me all the time and trying to grab my hair, I would definitely want to shave it off. And just think about it this way too. She can afford to get the best wigs available, so she'll look fine. It's not going to affect how she looks at all. If she wants hair, she can just toss on whatever wig and just walk around. There's also around this time she started talking in an English accent, and people also used that to demonstrate that she was kind of mentally kind of weird. But apparently she had a grandparent, I think a grandmother from England, that she would speak with in accents sometimes as kind of a gag. So that's also explainable. Who knows for sure what was really going on, but it does appear that there is a deeper reason for some of these behaviors versus what the tabloids would have you believe, which is that she's just going insane. All right, on the 20th of February, 2007, she checked into rehab again. So this is about five days after her previous check-in. And then on the 21st, she checked out of rehab Allegedly, I'm going to use that word a lot here, allegedly, allegedly because the paparazzi were harassing her. And just imagine that. Let's say you have some sort of addiction and you need to get help for it, but you can't because when you're trying to detox and relax, you're constantly being harassed, even in the hospital, by paparazzi. It's just unbelievable. These people truly have no souls. The same day she got out of rehab the second time on the 21st, that's the day she had her infamous umbrella attack on a paparazzi's car. One more incident that is generally used to paint her in a bad light. But just think about what she was going through at the time and how much she had to deal with from these paparazzi. I think it's very understandable that she snapped and attacked a car. That doesn't really seem anything unusual. It does not, to me, seem to indicate some sort of mental disorder or anger issues or whatever. It seems to me to indicate that these paparazzi need to leave her the heck alone. All right, now apparently that same day, her mother tried to get her to go back into rehab, but they had an argument about it, and they didn't speak for seven months. And this is sort of interesting to point out, because if she doesn't speak with her mother for seven months, even though her mother's trying to help her out by putting her into rehab, that may indicate a lot of personal strain in her life. But maybe not. Who knows what's really going on? Anyways, fast forward, she goes into rehab again, and she gets out And on March 21st after completing the rehab program. And fast forward here, we're going to skip large portions of time on occasion because there's so much going on in her life all the time. We don't have time to cover all of it, not even close. We're really only scratching the surface here. But I'm going to point out the most important things, I think, for this particular Free Britney movement. In July on the 10th, she supposedly sent an email to a lawyer about Lou Taylor. Now, Lou Taylor is Brittany's business manager, and it's not a guy, it's a lady, probably short for Louise or something. Anyways, she's the CEO of TriStar Sports and Entertainment Group, and 
she manages celebrities, I guess. I'm not really sure exactly what she does. I don't think that's the same thing as TriStar Entertainment. Now, she emails her lawyer saying Lou Taylor is a crazy lady that is stalking Britney and writing letters to Britney as if she's her mother, which is that's kind of weird, right? And she also says she's afraid for her mother because of this stalking type behavior, but not her father because she doesn't really care about her father. He's a jerk or whatever, something like that. And I, I don't know what to make of this. Maybe it's just a rumor, but it seems if it's true and Lou Taylor was sort of stalking her, that seems like a very strange thing to do. Okay, on July 31st, the divorce with Kevin is finalized. On September 9th was the infamous MTV Music Video Awards performance. This Remember that she was supposedly going into rehearsals having not gotten any sleep and was on a lot of drugs at the time. But this performance is interesting. You can go and watch it. And it, she just doesn't look like herself. It, she kind of looks like your average drunk person at a karaoke bar kind of trying to lip sync and dance around or whatever. I looked at a few of her performances, which I'd never really paid attention to before, just to see what her kind of her thing was. And she's usually a lot sharper with her dancing performances. She's really talented, she, the way she moves around and sings and whatnot. But this performance, she just did not seem like herself. So that's sort of it. And it doesn't really mean a whole lot, but it is an indication that she was undergoing some personal strain, probably super stressed out about her divorce and about the custody battle with her kids. I'm guessing at this time she was really stressed out and probably taking too much drugs. But who knows for sure. On the 2nd of October, she officially loses custody of her two sons. On the 4th of January, police go to her house because she was refusing to relinquish custody of her children. They took her from her home on a stretcher and hospitalized her under a 5150 hold. 5150, if you're not familiar with the term, it's not talking about the Van Halen album. It's talking about a general code used for somebody who appears to be mentally disturbed, or uh, as as the uh, term may go, crazy. So they take her on a stretcher and put her in the hospital, and she's allegedly under the influence of some unknown drug. It could be alcohol, could be anything, who knows. Usually they have a 72-hour evaluation when somebody gets put in the hospital for a 5150, but she only stays there for about a day, which indicates that Probably she's not crazy and she's not on some sort of super hardcore drugs. Probably she was just really upset and didn't want to give up custody of her children. Who would, right? I mean, if somebody's trying to take my kids, they'd have to pry them out of my cold, dead hands, basically. So I can understand that she would be upset there and uh, doesn't necessarily seem all that unusual that she was put on a quote unquote 5150 hold because. I mean, if, if taking your kids isn't going to cause temporary insanity, then what will, right? Around this time, Kevin is officially awarded full custody of the kids. And we learn that he gets 20000 a month in child support. Plus, Brittany ends up paying for a lot of other stuff like cell phones, clothing, karate classes, or whatever else the kids are up to. So that's, it may not seem like a lot for a star like Brittany. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but... That's still a pretty hefty financial burden every month. $20,000 is a lot of money. So now she's, I guess, got that hanging over her head. That's even, even if you're rich, that has to be stressful, right? 
I don't know. On the 31st of January, she gets hospitalized yet again under a 5150 hold. Allegedly, 20 police stormed the house and they strapped her into a gurney and took her out. It was a circus and, you know, very chaotic and everything, even though allegedly she wasn't resisting. By the way, if you're wondering why I'm saying allegedly so much in this episode, it's because uh, Jamie Spears, Brittany's father, Jamie and pals, they love to sue people and slap restraining orders and all kinds of nasty stuff on them. They've done this. I'll talk about it a little later on. But anytime somebody starts talking about this free Britney stuff, they like to silence them and stop them from talking about it and sue them. So instead of getting sued, I'm just going to say all this stuff allegedly happened. It's probably all rumors. Probably none of it's true. And I'm probably making all of it up just so I don't get sued. Hopefully that helps. And if I ever get sued, I don't know if that helps or not, but I'm going to say it anyways. Allegedly. Okay. So allegedly... This whole event on the 31st, where they take her back to the hospital, it was planned ahead of time, allegedly. The police received a phone call from her psychiatrist and scheduled to uh, apprehend her, which is kind of weird, right? You don't think they would kind of talk to her first or something? Was she holed up in her house with a gun, you know, threatening people? I don't think so. It's kind of weird. Even, even if she was legitimately having a psychiatric disorder... I think that could be understandable. Like I just said, she's going through a very stressful time, losing her kids and her marriage and maybe having a breakdown. And when you're not getting enough sleep and taking alcohol and drugs on top of that, that can just exacerbate things and make everything so much worse. So maybe that's all that was happening here. Maybe she wasn't crazy and she's not suffering from some psychiatric disorder like bipolar. That's what she's rumored to have is bipolar Maybe it's not bipolar. Maybe she was just going through a really hard time in her life and she had a breakdown. It happens. After she's put into the hospital, Jamie petitions for a conservatorship. And this is what we're getting to here. The good old conservatorship that she's been under all these years. He petitions stating that she has dementia. Wait, what? Dementia? Yeah, so the way a conservatorship works is somebody has to be declared incompetent, I think. I forget all the legal terminology specifically, but uh, maybe incapacitated. A conservatorship is only awarded if somebody is not capable of taking care of themselves. So what happened here was Jamie tried to get a psychiatrist that Brittany had seen in the past to declare that she was incapable of taking care of herself. The doctor wouldn't do that. So he tried again and got her put in there based on early signs of dementia, not mental illness or mental health problems, not drug problems, but dementia. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to get back to that little gem there. I guarantee you that. All right, throughout the timeline, we're going to take a look at this dementia theory and see if it holds up. Is she really demented, or was that just a convenient reason to put her under the conservatorship? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, so the conservatorship is awarded on a temporary basis under her father, Jamie, and a lawyer named Andrew Wallet. And the court-appointed lawyer is Samuel Ingham. Wait, court-appointed lawyer? Aren't those guys all underpaid, incompetent people who don't actually do anything for their clients? I don't know. Why wouldn't Brittany hire her own lawyer? Can't she afford it? Wouldn't she already have a lawyer of her own? Well, we'll get to that. 
We also find out that Jamie filed to waive the five-day notice. Supposedly, when you're put into a conservatorship, you have a hearing, and you get a five-day notice before that hearing so that you can prepare a defense or think about it. Maybe you want to be in a conservatorship because it would be better for you. Who knows? But this would give you time to hire a lawyer. So they waived that. Yeah, the judge said, okay, we'll get rid of that five-day notice. I don't know why that is, but it just doesn't seem right. Why wouldn't she be able to have time to prepare for that? And the hearing itself was allegedly very, very short, about 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Just wrap your head around that. They're going to take away everything from you. It's basically like putting somebody into prison permanently, and the hearing is 10 minutes. There's no real evidence presented. It's just a couple of quote-unquote experts saying, yeah, she should be in a conservatorship, and then boom, done. I mean, that's 10 minutes. That's like barely enough time to walk in and sit down. It's crazy. Oh, one more thing to notice, one more thing to mention, there are also different types of conservatorships, different levels of them. I don't know all the details, but I read the kind of conservatorship that Brittany got put in is the type that you would normally use for somebody in a vegetative state, somebody who's completely incapable of doing anything for themselves. So it's a very strict conservatorship. And as we'll go through this timeline, we'll ask ourselves, is this warranted? Does it make sense? All right, so I found I found an anecdote that allegedly when she was in the hospital for this 5150 hold, she was crying and yelling, basically hysterical, and saying that she missed her kids and complaining how unfair the situation was. So that seems pretty normal, right? If you were swooped up in the middle of the night by a bunch of police officers out of nowhere, that would be very alarming. And then you're imprisoned in this hospital against your will. I, I would be yelling and complaining. And keep in mind, she, you know, we just mentioned it, but keep in mind, she just had her kids taken away. She just had her whole life taken away. Of course, she's going to be crying and yelling and very, very upset. This seems, if anything, to prove that she's sane and capable. And also, she's not demented because a demented person would just be staring at the wall. They wouldn't care, right? On the 4th of February, Brittany hires a lawyer named Adam Streisand to challenge the conservatorship. When it goes to court, the judge, Riva Goetz, G-O-E-T-Z, Goetz, Goetz, Goetz? Anyways, the judge says that Brittany had no capacity to hire Streisand as a lawyer and basically kicks him out of the courthouse. What? Okay. So, Brittany is not capable of she's not competent i forget the exact language but basically they're saying she's not competent enough to hire her own lawyer it just doesn't make any sense all right on the 5th of february the conservatorship is granted a restraining order against britney's former manager sam lufty now sam lufty is a whole topic in and of himself there's a lot of allegations of him being abusive towards britney but then there's other things that suggest he wasn't. I don't really know. I didn't go down that particular rabbit hole because it seems a little bit off topic. Probably not super important for this conservatorship topic. But if anybody is curious, they can go look in that on their own. And if there are any uh, Britney super fans out there who would like to correct me on that, or if they have an opinion about whether or not they think Sam Lufty really is a good guy, I would like to hear your opinions on that. My email address, I usually give it out at the beginning of the show, but I forgot to this time. 
The show's email address is alienconpod at protonmail.com, and you can hit us up on Twitter at alienconpod. Interesting side note here. The doctor that gave Brittany her 730 evaluation, which from what I understand, that's how they determine if she's capable and sane or not, and that's how they determine if she should be put under the conservatorship. Anyways, that doctor was J. Edward Spar, and he's he's also the one who said that she couldn't have a lawyer and that kind of stuff. Anyways, Spar had co-authored several documents with the lawyer Streisand that Brittany tried to hire. And so some of the titles might be something like A Lawyer's Guide to Diminishing Capacity and Effective Use of Medical Experts in Contemporaneous and Retroactive Evaluations. And another one is How to Evaluate and Use Medical Evidence in Estate Controversies. So these guys got together and they wrote a bunch of how-to guides on how to declare somebody incapacitated or insane or whatever it is and how to get them in a conservatorship. Now, is that suspicious? Personally, I find that highly, highly suspicious. How did she get the contact for this lawyer, Adam Streisand? Who gave her that contact information? And how is it possible that there's a coincidence that this guy just so happened to be working with the psychiatrist that is responsible for putting her into this conservatorship? I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe this is a very small world and there's only like two guys that do this in California, but... It's hard to ignore that coincidence. Anyways, make of it what you will. So on the 7th of February, Brittany is released from her psychiatric hold at the hospital. On the 11th of February, Jamie and pals fire Brittany's business manager, Howard Grossman. Allegedly, they did this because Grossman sent a car to try to help Brittany get a lawyer. They sent a, He sent a car to her to pick her up so she could escape from her captivity and hire somebody to defend her. This is the beginning of what we see of a trend with Jamie and his team trying to isolate Brittany from friends. Anybody who will help her out, they isolate her as much as possible because if she's isolated, she's helpless. Fast forward to the 12th of February, and once again, Brittany's up to her no good shenanigans, and she tries to hire a lawyer named John Eardley. And according to Eardley, this is a direct quote I found from him, which again, it's alleged, probably he didn't really say this. Eardly said, I talked to her a few days ago and someone wrestled the phone away from her. I've not talked to her since then. Wow. So if that's true, they are forcibly preventing her from doing anything, wrestling the phone from her hands like she's a two-year-old. It's unbelievable. If you're doing a conservatorship for somebody because you want to take care of them and make sure that they're okay, and you're completely preventing them from hiring a lawyer, that doesn't seem like her father or whoever was taking that phone out of her hand, that doesn't seem like they're looking out for her best interests. It looks like kind of suspicious, you know what I mean? Kind of suspicious. On the 14th, Eardley takes Brittany's case to the U.S. District Court. Now, there's different courts. The court that that Brittany was put under the conservatorship, I think is called a probate court, that's like a state court. So uh, Eardley went to a U.S., like a federal court, and tried to say basically that she was having her constitutional rights taken away, which, you know, she kind of was. He's quoted around this time as saying that uh, she was being confined by the conservator to the private prison of her own home. 
which again is it's kind of alarming. And we're, this is not some tabloid here. This is a quote from a lawyer. This is probably reliable. Now, on the 21st, the U.S. District Judge Philip Gutierrez, Gutierrez, G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-S, Gutierrez, I think it's, anyways, he sent Britney's case back to the state court because he said that Eardley had no authority to remove the case from state court because Britney was not capable of hiring her own lawyer. Now, just how crazy is this? So even if somebody's breaking the law and doing something illegal to Britney, that doesn't matter because she's not capable of hiring her own lawyer. So all of a sudden, the law becomes irrelevant. It's almost like the court system for conservatorships is set up specifically to commit fraud. Hmm. On the 25th, we have some statements released by Eardley and his spokesperson claiming that Britney is being verbally abused by her father. Quote from Eardley is, that Brittany should be allowed to retain her own medical professionals to evaluate her condition because the conservatorship is palpably biased. Council has learned that there has been significant verbal attacks by her live-in father conservator and is concerned for the emotional and physical safety of Brittany. So I guess he's sort of referring to himself in third person there as counsel. That's kind of weird. Anyways... The spokesperson said that Brittany is being robbed by her conservators, including charges of racketeering, wire fraud, and money laundering. This one is a little harder to substantiate and find that exact quote, so maybe it's just a rumor. I don't know. But th this is the spokesperson for Eardley, by the way. And this person claimed that this had been going on since before the conservatorship, that people around Brittany had been stealing money from her. But this is all alleged, and who knows if any of it's true. Finally, on that regard, supposedly that the claims of these crimes, like racketeering and stuff, those were under investigation by authorities, but that an office had been broken into and documents had been stolen and destroyed. So, who knows? If that's true, then that would be a shocking conspiracy to hide and cover up evidence, but it, it was really hard to find specific information on that. And usually when you can't find specific information, usually that ends up being not true. But who knows? And one last quote I found from the spokesperson was, People are being intimidated. It's terrorism. I don't want to make any accusations, but we're talking the financial rape of Britney Spears. Now, if he really said that, that is very strong language for the spokesperson of a lawyer to be using. Very strong language. On the 24th of March, Brittany appeared on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And if you'd like to ask yourself, hmm, how is she doing that? She, she's demented. Go ahead and check out the episode and see for yourself if you think that she's losing her marbles or if she has some sort of dementia. I, I watched it. I looked it up on YouTube. There's clips on there. And to me, she looks perfectly normal. Doesn't appear to be anything wrong with her at all. Which is really good acting because under the circumstances, she must have been very stressed out. Also on the 24th, the lawyer John Eardley is threatened with a sanction if he files more stuff on Britney's behalf. So not only are they saying that he's not allowed to be her lawyer, they're threatening him, him with, with actual disciplinary measures. And I don't know what that would look like. Probably he might be disbarred or whatever and not even be able to be a lawyer anymore. But either way, to me that suggests that there are people behind the, the scenes 
that are strongly have strong connections within the legal system to be able to make something like that happen. But on the other hand, maybe that's just normal for when a lawyer does something they're not supposed to do. I don't know. But it just it just seems kind of slimy because he's trying to help somebody out who asked him to be their client. I don't know. It just doesn't sit right. Anyways, fast forward to the 5th of September and Brittany begins filming the MTV documentary Brittany for the Record. On the 7th of September, she appeared again on the MTV Video Music Awards, winning three awards. On the 17th of September, her mother Lynn released a book titled Through the Storm, A Real Story of Fame and Family in a Tabloid World. There are some things in the book that are sort of alarming. For example, it's she claims that Lou Taylor and Jamie planned the conservatorship for months ahead of time, which, if that's true, that alone is highly... That pretty much proves the whole thing. I mean, short episode, right? I can just click stop right here. Done, Dunsky. Because if they planned it out ahead of time, that strongly suggests that they didn't do it because Brittany needed the help. They did it so that they could take her money away, basically, right? So that's kind of that was kind of a bombshell when I read that. Also in the book, Lynn claims that Jamie is an alcoholic. He suffers from erratic behavior. He committed adultery when they were married. He was abusive in general, and he had lots of financial problems. So that if he does have financial problems, that could be why he wanted to exploit Brittany, I suppose. Or maybe he's just greedy, allegedly, if he was doing that, allegedly. Also, the mother does claim in the book that Brittany was abused by Sam Lufty, that Lufty would drug her and verbally abuse her and basically psychologically torture her. Again, I don't know if that's true. It's in the book. Now, this book is controversial because a lot of people that the book talks about have denied that the stuff in there is true. And you do have to take it with a grain of salt because if if you had a child as famous as Brittany... You could write a book with all kinds of stuff in it just to sell copies and make make a few bucks, right, on your child's stardom. I think that is a plausible thing here. I think that's possible, but we don't know for sure, and we just have to take the whole book with a grain of salt. It may or may not be true, but those are some pretty interesting allegations in there. Let's fast forward. On the 28th of October, Riva Gutz makes the conservatorship permanent. And again, just to reiterate, to highlight and to question, the reason for the conservatorship is early onset dementia. All right, then. I mean, on the 19th of November, MTV releases for the record documentary that they'd been filming. Because Britney is so controlled under this conservatorship, everything she ha- says has to be cleared through the conservatorship before it can be published. So this documentary is the only time she's ever spoken publicly about the conservatorship because even if she said something, they would just stop it from going out. They have that much power over her. Here's what she said in the documentary. She said, there's no excitement. There's no passion. I have really good days and then I have bad days. Even when you go to jail, you know, there's the time when you're going to get out. But in this situation, it's never ending. It's just like Groundhog Day every day. I think it's too in control. If I wasn't under the restraints I'm under, I'd feel so liberated. When I tell them the way I feel, it's like they hear, but they're really not listening. If you do something wrong in your work, you can move on. But I'm having to pay for a long time. I never wanted to become one of those prisoner people. 
I always wanted to feel free. I think I've learned my lesson now, and enough is enough. So, I won't analyze that too much with a fine-tooth comb, but just pay attention to the language that she's using. She's talking as if she's being punished, like she's a little kid, right? She's not talking like somebody who's being helped. She's not saying, yeah, I was going through a tough time, and I'm really glad my family was there to pick me up when I fell down. That's not what she's saying at all. She's saying the exact opposite. She's saying, they got me. They got me and they won't let me go. But hey, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Who knows? You can look up clips from this documentary, which I recommend you do. She seemed like she might be a little eccentric, but I mean, what celebrity isn't, right? But she definitely did not look like she had dementia of any kind. Perfectly lucid, perfectly sane, just like any other celebrity, just talking in front of the camera. No big deal. I highly encourage you people to look that up for yourself to see if you think that she had dementia. On the 28th of November, she releases her circus album. Kind of a strange thing to do for somebody who's got dementia, right? Most people with dementia, they're not putting out best-selling albums and making millions of dollars. They're in a hospital somewhere in a convalescent ward being convalesced or whatever. On the 11th of December, Rolling Stone put out an article. It was a conversation with an editor that had spoken with Britney. And I wonder if they had to do it this way because of how much control the conservatorship has over Britney. This person was uh, Jenny Elescu, E-L-I-S-C-U, and she talked to Brittany, and here's what she had to say. She said, I had done some preliminary research into it, but I was not yet aware how hard Brittany had tried to fight it initially and why. As my research progressed, it started to become clear to me that this might not be something that should still be in place because it is designed ideally to protect people who are seriously ill. We're talking about people who are non-compos non mentis, according to the lawyers I consulted, or they're in a vegetative state, or they're just so old that they can't take care of themselves anymore. But Brittany, it was making less and less sense as time went on. Rolling Stone, I'm not too familiar, but they don't seem like a tabloid publication to me. And if this is a legitimate uh, or a genuine article, and this lady really did have a conversation with Brittany, she probably can't say specific stuff, but she's saying here that this conservatorship doesn't make any sense. And this was a long time ago. Remember, we're in 2008 here, and the conservatorship is still in place. Okay, fast forward to 2009. On the 13th of January, we have a quote from Britney's former manager, Johnny Wright. He said, A comeback is not what I wish for Britney. What I wish for her is to settle down and find real happiness. All her essential relationships have been torn apart. She's been divorced twice. She doesn't have custody of her kids. She's being pushed back into being a money machine. I want her to be happy in her heart. Then go back to the business because she wants to, not because people are convincing her she has to, or that it would be good therapy for her. It's too soon for her to be a part of a manufactured machine that is pushing her to have to be a success. It was very telling when I found out that Wade and Andre were no longer with the tour. They had helped create the best tours we had ever had with Britney. Wade is a really good influence and understands her, when I heard he was no longer involved, 
I knew there was a problem, and it is probably just the beginning of more problems to come. Now it should be about spending time with her kids. That's where she'll bring herself back to herself. But she's gearing up for much more time away from them while on the road. Even if she's gone for a month, the growth of those boys during that period is significant. She won't see that and will really miss out. Those are moments she's not going to get back. And this is pretty much what occurred to me as I was looking into this case. Wait, if she's not doing good, if she's maybe having mental health issues or whatever it is, maybe she needs to be at home, you know, recuperating in a safe place. But no, she's had a very busy schedule ever since the conservatorship began. She never got a break to rest for herself. And that's kind of suspicious. If you're a conservator and you're truly interested in helping somebody out, you're not going to make them go on this crazy tour schedule. You're going to let them relax and just chill and get better, get healthy, spend time with their kids. And let's be clear here, this is, we're talking about a celebrity with a lot of money. This is not somebody who has to work. She does not need to work at this point. At least she shouldn't have. I mean, I can't imagine why she would have had to work. So it's very strange that she was doing so much work at that time. On to the 21st of January. She allegedly obtained a burner phone and made a call to a lawyer. And the voicemail that she left allegedly said, Hi, my name's Britney Spears. I called you earlier. I'm calling again because I just wanted to make sure that during the process of eliminating the conservatorship that my father has threatened me several times, you know, he'll take, a, he'll take my children away. I just want to be guaranteed that everything will be fine with the process of you guys taking care of everything, that things will stay the same as far as my custodial time. That's it. Bye. If this is true, which we don't know if it's true or not, but if it is, and there, there are actually several, many sources actually, that say that Britney's father and her conservatorship, that they were threatening to take away her kids, that's a very powerful way of manipulating somebody. I mean, for a parent, that's pretty much all you got to do. Say, we're going to take your kids away from you. You'll never see them again, and she'll fall right in line. I don't know. Maybe it's not true. I hope it's not true. Because what kind of monster would threaten somebody with that? But, you know, maybe it is. There's a, there's a lot of speculation that it is true. Who knows? I don't know if I've touched on it yet, but just to be clear, the conservatorship allows them to control every single aspect of her life. So they can control whether or not she can see her kids, whether or not she can see her friends, or even send a text message to her friends, who she's allowed to socially interact with, whether or not she's allowed to have a boyfriend, who that boyfriend is, everything. If she's allowed to buy something on Amazon, she has to clear through them first, even if it's just a pair of socks or whatever, pack of gum. She's not allowed to buy anything without permission. They could probably, even most conservatorships, they have the right to sell her assets. So they could sell her cars, they could sell her house, whatever, her clothes, jewelry, they could sell anything. It's, it's pretty shocking just how much power they have over her. It's very strict, and it gives them the utmost power over Britney's life. Okay, so allegedly, the burner phone that she used to make this call with was given to her from Sam Lufty and her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. I'm not sure exactly what the timeline on that is. Uh, his, his name's Galib. Um, was it Andrew Galib? I forget. They allegedly gave her the phone 
And this might have something to do with the restraining order that they got on those guys. Because, like I said earlier, they've done everything to isolate Brittany from anybody she was socially connected from. And especially if they were trying to help her out by giving her a cell phone or something, then they would definitely get a restraining order against him. And they did get a restraining order, but we don't know for sure if they gave her that phone. It's just kind of a rumor. All right, on the 3rd of March, the circus tour starts. Again, why are you going on tour if you're demented or not capable of caring for yourself? And by the way, go look up some videos from some of these tours and watch her dancing around on stage and doing all kinds of crazy stunts and singing and all this stuff. I mean, honestly, a person who's incapable of caring for themselves, they're not going to be able to do that. That dancing, I don't know anything about dancing, but I imagine that the choreography involved needs to be rehearsed over and over again. I imagine it's not that easy to do. And if you're demented, you're not going to be able to follow the instructions of your choreographer. On the 25th of March, we find out that Brittany paid almost $3 million to lawyers during the first 11 months of the conservatorship. And apparently there were 17 different lawyers involved. Wow. Okay. So her father and possibly with the help of Lou Taylor, uh, her business manager. So apparently those two, they used Britney's $3 million of Britney's own money to hire 17 lawyers to get her imprisoned. That's just insane. And she's not even allowed to hire her own lawyers with her own money to protect herself because these court, these courts are completely wackadoodle weird. Okay. Anyways, on the 27th of March, Jamie tries to shut down a website called breathe heavy. Now this is a fan site that was critical of the conservatorship. One of the claims, for example, that the website had was Jamie was desperately trying to hide the truth about Britney's imprisonment and shut anyone up who disagrees with their conniving and selfish exploitation of an innocent mother of two pushed back into the limelight just several months after a hospitalization. And that uh, that's from the website. I mean, I would never say something like that because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but but yeah, they did successfully silence this website, Breathe Heavy. Um, and I just kind of when I see stuff like this, if if you don't have anything to hide, then you're not going to hide. If this if this website is saying these crazy things that aren't true, most people, I think, would just ignore it. But if if there's something to it, maybe they'd be concerned and try to shut it down. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. We don't know exactly what the motivations were for shutting the stuff down. But to me, it's a little suspicious. Fast forward now to the 2nd of April. Sam Lufty's sister, Christina Lufty, says that Brittany was afraid of her father and needed her brother's help to hire her own attorney. She said her brother gave her a prepaid cell phone, which she secretly gave to Spears at a hotel sauna, so that the two could contact each other. <laughs> so maybe the earlier cell phone was from her brother, but just imagine if, if you couldn't even have your own cell phone, you had to do this James Bond cloak and dagger nonsense just to be able to call your brother. It's it, this, it's just insane. You know, it's insane. I need some stuff to throw around during this one. Cause I, I started to get really heated on this stuff, you know, and it's, it's like, I don't even particularly like Britney Spears, but it's just, she earned her own money with her own talent. Sure, she had a lot of help along the way, but she should have her freedom. She should be able to enjoy all the luxuries she's earned. And just to see the, this kind of nonsense that goes on, it's just really aggravating to me. 
If she's not even allowed to talk to her brother, how isolated are they keeping her? It just doesn't seem right. On the 28th of April, L.A. Superior Court Judge Aviva K. Bob issued a restraining order against John Eardley, Sam Lufti, and Adnan, oh, that's his name, Adnan Galib. This is kind of strange. So if Lufti really was being abusive, that's understandable. But Adnan Galib is her ex-boyfriend, and I didn't see any indication that that guy was being abusive, but who knows what goes on behind closed doors, anything's possible. But the lawyer, John Eardley, he was just trying to help. And Lufty's lawyer, Brian J. Freedom, uh, that's uh, that name is sounds like it's something out of a book, right? Anyways, that lawyer said, never before in the history of the world has a restraining order been issued against someone who merely responded to cries for help. Fast forward to the 28th of September. Michael Lohan, who is Lindsay Lohan's father, comes out with a quote. Here it is. I've learned of a plot to put Lindsay under a conservatorship. They would control literally everything Lindsay does, what projects she has coming up, her finances and the people she sees, and that includes keeping me out of her life. A lot of the controversy in Lindsay's life wouldn't be there if Lou Taylor and Larry Rudolph weren't part of the equation. This is a really interesting quotation, and it's rumored that... Uh, allegedly, Lou Taylor approached Michael Lohan and tried to do the same sort of conservator nonsense that they did with Britney, the difference being that Michael Lohan refused to play along with it, whereas Jamie did play along with it. And whether or not that's true, I don't know, but here we have a direct quote by Michael saying it's true, so all I can say is that it's alleged and probably Michael's lying, but who knows for sure. And this brings up another interesting topic. I don't really know where else to put it, but there's been a lot of hints that Lou Taylor and some other people are really well connected behind the scenes. And for example, if they know Britney Spears is going to be at, at this place at this time, they'll call paparazzi to be there. And that's not necessarily anything unusual. A lot of celebrities supposedly do that even for themselves. If they got a big movie coming up, that way they can get photographed and get some free publicity. But in this case, the rumors are that it's a little more sinister. Like if they know Britney is at a club and drunk out of her mind, they'll make sure that gets into the tabloids just so that they can paint Britney and give her a really negative public image. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, but that's one of the conspiracies out there. And it's, it's a little little far off topic for me to really have gone down that rabbit hole because there's just so much to cover here. But I just wanted to mention it because it's one of it's one of the major behind the scenes sort of ideas that people talk about. Moving right along here to the 29th of November, the circus tour ends with after nine months and 97 shows, 97 shows. Now, I've never been a world class musician, performer like Britney Spears, I was in band in high school. I played saxophone and I never played 97 shows. We did like, you know, maybe two concerts a year or something. And those require a, a decent amount of preparation, but doing 97 shows over nine months, that's a significant amount of work. And I'm just, I'm pointing that out because apparently she has dementia. So I'm just wondering how she's able to accomplish all that. Who knows, maybe they got her on like, you know, marionette puppet strings or something, and that's not really her dancing around, it's a body double? I don't know, whatever. Alright, skip ahead to 2010. 
Not a whole lot happens for the conservatorship in 2010. Uh, Brittany just does some business stuff, does her normal thing, has some shows, goes on a TV show, that kind of thing. And I'm just, I'm just highlighting that again to just to sort of illustrate that she probably wasn't demented or anything or crazy. She's perfectly capable of living her life. And we, you know, we know that because of what she's, her business and music ventures. Anyways, move ahead to 2011. On the 25th of March, the Femme Fatale album is released. All right, so once again, I know we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but how are you releasing albums, you know, best-selling albums, if you're not mentally capable of doing anything, right? She should be a vegetable, right? How is she recording albums? I don't know. On the 30th of March, Brand Sense sues the Britney estate and, uh, and Jamie and Lou for breach of contract, and they're claiming that there's some kind of shenanigans going on by the conservatorship. So what's going on here is that Britney Spears has a bunch of lines of perfume that sold very, very well, apparently. Some, something like billions of dollars of sales. Um, and Brand Sense is a part of that deal, and they're supposed to get a percentage of those sales. But the conservatorship allegedly did some weird money stuff to, to not pay them out. And I don't really know all the details, but it's just sort of another piece of the puzzle uh, demonstrating that maybe what these guys are doing isn't really on the up and up. And also, let's be real here, Jamie doesn't seem like the kind of guy with the business savvy to know how to rip off brand sense, which I don't know that much about them, but they're not a mom and pop operation. They're a pretty big brand and they do a lot of stuff. So they're going to be pretty savvy themselves. So probably Jamie's working with a lot of people behind the scenes to make this stuff happen or there's people like Lou Taylor and a, her team of people, and they're just sort of going through Jamie, and he doesn't really know what's being planned or going on, but he's going with everything just so he can stay on the conservatorship and keep collecting those sweet, sweet paychecks. And who knows for sure? Nobody really knows except for the people that know, but I'm just throwing it out there as an alleged possibility. On the 16th of June, Femme Fatale Tours starts. Wouldn't it have been nice if she just took a couple years off for herself just to get healthy. On the 1st of July, I found a quote from Brand Sense involving in this legal stuff, and they said, the notion that Britney Spears is mentally or emotionally unfit to testify under oath is a sham. Ms. Spears currently has the mental, emotional, and physical capacity to endure the strain of a month-long international concert tour make numerous public appearances, engage in interviews with the media, participate in numerous promotional campaigns for her various business enterprises, and maintain custody of her children. I mean, this is the stuff I've basically been talking about. The difference here is that a major company like Brand Sense, they have to be careful what they say because of like libel and slander and that, that type of stuff. I mean, if somebody sues me, they might get like, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. But they could stand to lose a lot of money by saying this kind of stuff. So it's kind of interesting that they said this kind of stuff. Moving right along, on the 22nd of July, the conservatorship bankrupts the Britney Spears Foundation, which is a charity foundation that she set up. And this seems a little fishy. All the money from the foundation was apparently given to Mercy Ministries, which 
We won't go into them. That's a whole episode in and of itself. But there appears to be some shenanigans going on with those guys. But they're also connected to Lou. Lou is apparently very close to the Mercy Ministries. And there does appear to be some self-dealing going on here. Of course, this is all just alleged. What's really going on in these backroom deals, nobody knows, except the people that know. Now, moving along to 2012. In April, Britney's fiancé, Jason Trawick, becomes her co-conservator of her personal life. So I guess there's two pieces of it. There's a personal conservator and the financial conservator. Could you, I'm just, could you imagine your significant other having that much power over you? There's no way, even if that person was a saint, there's no way that's going to be a balanced relationship. Imagine if you get like in a fight or an argument, uh, I'm not taking out that trash today. It's your turn to take out the trash. Oh, really? Is it now? You really think it is? Okay, well, let me just call up your lawyer here. Beep, boop, beep, boop. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't see any indication that this Jason fella, I don't know anything about him, but I didn't see any indication that he was like a bad guy. I'm just saying, just imagine the dynamics of that relationship. It's just crazy. In all probability, I imagine that that was actually a good thing to Brittany. If they're engaged, let's say they really do love each other and Jason really does care about Brittany, then it's probably a good thing to have him as a conservator. But still, it just, it's just kind of weird. Also, uh, somewhere around this time, Brittany becomes a judge on the X Factor. And again, beating that old dead horse, how is she doing that if she's senile or whatever? And you can look up, if you haven't seen the show, which I actually haven't seen it, but you can look up clips. You could see her talking as a judge and whatever, and I think she even mentored some musicians. I mean, just look at how she acts. She's not acting like she's crazy. She's not acting like she's senile or demented or whatever. She's just acting like... The worst thing you could say is maybe she's a little goofy or a little eccentric. I mean, that's it. But who isn't, you know? Fast forward to the 16th of October. And here we have a very, very interesting little tidbit here. The nanny Lourdes Lulu Torres was... So she was the nanny that we saw on the MTV documentary, Britney for the Record. She came out with a statement saying that Britney was being emotionally manipulated she said she was so disturbed by how Britney was being treated that she quit her job. Apparently, she had to sign, Lulu assigned an NDA, so she can't talk about specifically what she saw, but the NDA is not valid in a court of law when you have to testify, and she said that she's ready to testify. If this is true, it's just another nail in the coffin. At this point, it's all starting to add up so much that it, I could I could kind of just tap out here and say, well, that's the episode. We don't really need to talk about any more of this stuff, but we we're still just the tip of the iceberg here. So let's let's keep uh, plowing on ahead. All right. Fast forward to 2013 on the 11th of January, Brittany and Jason break up and he's removed as co-conservator, which that's not that big of a deal, but it's just it's an important part of the timeline because he's no longer part of the conservatorship. So it, it's worth mentioning. On the 14th of January, Forbes releases an article about the conservatorship and a quote. Here's a quote from that article. What 31 year old Brittany doesn't look like is someone who is legally incompetent, unable to make decisions about her own life. Obviously, there is a great deal about her situation that the general public doesn't know. But many people have psychological disorders without having their most basic rights stripped away from them. The question is, for how long does her condition and past meltdowns continue to justify this extreme remedy? 
shouldn't Brittany be given a second chance to live her life as an adult at some point? Will it take another five years longer? And yeah, since this was in 2013, yeah, it'll take longer. It turns out that when bloodthirsty demons have a stranglehold on hundreds of millions of dollars, they don't really want to let go of that. Allegedly. I mean, allegedly. We don't know for sure that any demons are infesting Britney Spears' life. But if they were, they definitely wouldn't want to back off without a fight. And just to comment on this quote from this Forbes article, I just want to stress that we don't know for sure that Britney has ever been diagnosed with any sort of psychological disorder. In fact, you could make the argument that her behavior is consistent with somebody in her situation and does not require a diagnosis of any kind. So, I mean, who knows for sure? I'm not convinced that she has any sort of mental disorders, but even if she does, I know people with bipolar disorder. And they are, with the proper medication and care, they are perfectly capable of holding down a normal life. It's not the end of the world. Now, of course, there are some severe cases where that's not the case. But I, I just, I'm not seeing it here. I'm not seeing that she's so out of her mind that she needs to be hospitalized. And the evidence for that, as we've been, you know, saying, as I've said over and over again, been beating this dead horse, is just all the stuff she's done on all these television shows and albums and tours and everything. April 5th. This is an interesting turn of events. Remember how before I said they had complete control over Britney's life? Well, allegedly, David Licato was chosen to be Britney's new boyfriend or companion or whatever. I have a quote here, and they said, Jamie has known David for a while and always thought he was a thoughtful and all-around good guy. Brittany needed someone to keep her company after she and Jason broke up. And it's just sort of a little creepy detail that if it's true, which again, probably it's not, but if it's true, just imagine, like they assigned a boyfriend. It's just crazy the level of control they have over her life. And if this quote is, is at all accurate, if Jamie thinks that he's an all-around good guy, then he's probably like a serial killer or something, right? Because... At this point, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's true, but I have a certain opinion about Jamie that's developed from the evidence I've got garnered in this case. But hey, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Perfectly, perfectly affable fella, whatever that means. All right, let's move on to September 17th. This is when Brittany announces that she'll be doing a two-year residency at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. And it comes out that as part of her contract, she's required to stay in the conservatorship. Now, the rumors suggest that maybe Planet Hollywood wanted to require that so that um, she doesn't go bananas and start throwing her poop at people during performances or whatever. But your more suspicious people, like myself, might say that it's possible the conservatorship required that to be in the contract so that as long as she's there, they can hold that over her head and say, hey, if you want to keep your concert then you got to keep the conservatorship. It sort of locks in and prevents her from contesting it. Maybe it's both. Who knows? It's a mutually beneficial arrangement. Next up on the 3rd of December, Britney releases her Britney Jean album. I don't feel like I need to keep beating that old dead horse, so we'll move right along. 2014. On February 6th, we get word of what the conservators are being paid. Andrew Wallet is getting paid $35,000 a month. <laughs> and Jamie is getting 16000 a month. Now, remember, Brittany has to pay them. That's how flippin' insane this whole thing is. 35000 plus 16000 that's about $50,000 a month 
that she has to pay to these people, what on earth could they possibly be doing that's worth that kind of money? There's nothing they could do to earn that money, not foot massages, not serving her dinner every night, whatever it is, they're not doing anything worth that kind of cash. So those numbers to me are very suspicious and it suggests to me that they're do they're in this 100% for the money. If they really wanted to help Brittany, they wouldn't take so much money from her. On the 1st of March, John Eardley gets suspended because he was trying to help Brittany in 2008 when we filed those papers. And this is the first record of discipline that he had in 20 years of practicing law. Once again, we have an event that seems kind of out of place to me and suggests that there are people with a lot of influence behind the scenes making sure that anybody who tries to help Brittany pays for it. For what Eardley was trying to do, he was trying to help out Brittany, he was trying to help somebody who was asking for his help, trying to hire him as a lawyer, and he gets disbarred or suspended, whatever, I don't know what the terminology is, but he gets kicked out of his job, basically. It's just, it just seems so strange to me. On the 11th of March, we have, uh, oh, this is no big deal, the conservators seek permission to obtain an urgent $6 million loan. Yeah, that's no big deal. I'm sure there's any number of reasons why they would need $6 million. And I don't know for sure what sort of financial arrangement that was, but you can you can bet your britches or dollars to donuts or whatever that that $6 million was a loan against Britney's assets, right? So they're, <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> how crazy is this? They're taking out money under Britney's name, probably against her wishes and without her permission. They can just say, oh yeah, we're the conservators. We're taking out a $6 million loan for Britney and they spend that on who knows what. You know, maybe they're opening Burger King franchises or who knows? Could be anything. I don't know why I said Burger King franchises. That's kind of random. On the 2nd of May, we have an interesting turn of events. Jamie, you know, the father that cares deeply about his daughter's well-being. Well, it turns out he gets 1.5% of the money from her Las Vegas performances and from the merchandise sold there. And that's in addition to his already pretty reasonable 16000 salary. And this, again, it's just another straw on the camel's back. This is not what you would do. How, what does he do to justify that he gets points of her money? He's not contributing anything, you know, in any creative way. He's just the court-appointed guy. He's just in charge of her. How could you possibly justify taking points off of her performances and her merchandise? And this is, this is not something that you would do if you were trying to help your daughter get better. This is something you do if you're trying to squeeze as much as possible out of her. Keep her on the road, keep grinding her through all these performances when she should be getting healthy and resting, and taking everything you can. On the 28th of August, uh, David Lucado and Brittany split up. So that's that uh, <laughs> court-appointed uh, concubine or whatever. No surprise that they wouldn't, you know, who, who knows, maybe they care about really did care about each other. I just, the whole thing is so creepy. It's hard to, it's hard for me to imagine that that was a good relationship, but maybe it was, I don't know. All right, now let's go to 2015. Again, we have a year where there's not a whole lot of conservator type stuff going on. It's just business and concerts and appearances and that kind of stuff. And I don't think we really need to detail specifically every TV show she was on or whatever. I think at this point, we've pretty much established that she does not appear to be under any any sort of illness or being senile or whatever. She's perfectly capable of acting like a normal person. So let's move on to 2016. 
we have a, I found an interesting report here that on the 24th of March, she went for a lunch date with Iggy Azalea. Azalea? Iggy Azalea was another musician, I think. I don't know. And Iggy says that her house was searched before they let Britney come over. And she is quoted as saying, they came and checked my place to make sure I wasn't trying to stash anything weird and like get it to her or something to make sure I wasn't a bad influence. And I'm not. I passed the test. I mean, I don't have like a crack den. It just could you imagine your buddy wants to come over and your buddy's parents come over and say, okay, first we're going to search your house. I'd be like, no, you're not searching my house. Don't touch my stuff. Okay. If you want to come over for a lunch date, that's fine. But nobody's touching my stuff without me saying it. It's just so weird. And she says here that they were looking that she wasn't hiding something like a burner phone, perhaps, or maybe a legal contract that a lawyer drew up or something like that. But there, I mean, this just kind of illustrates just how heavily Britney's life is controlled, even in 2016, which is, you know, the conservatorship went live, what, 2008 or whatever. So this has been going on for a very long time at this point. In May, we have coverage by the New York Times. And they said in one of their articles, as long as she is bringing in so much money and as long as the lawyers and conservators are getting paid, there's little incentive to end it. And this is a quote by uh, Elaine Renor, president of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, an advocacy group. Usually, the conservatorship just keeps going unless the conservatee makes a fuss or the family does. Well, even if the conservatee makes a fuss, it does appear that that is still really hard to end the conservatorship. And also, there's uh, Dave Lucado, the ex-boyfriend, says he doesn't think Britney needs the conservatorship anymore. So the, the point, the reason I'm quoting this kind of stuff is it, this is not just rabid Britney fans on Instagram or conspiracy theory forums that nobody really takes seriously. We have Forbes, we have the New York Times, we have major outlets, ex-boyfriend, we have all these people saying that there's something weird going on here, so maybe we should listen to them. All right, on the 8th of May, we have an interesting report from Money Nation. They say that Britney should be worth about $267 million. Let me say that again. $267 million. $200 million, right? And the conservatorship, they have to file financial papers stating assets and stuff that they're doing and buying and selling. According to those filings, Britney is only worth $56 million. So that's over $200 million that's missing. And you can kind of look at this, too, if you wanted to kind of look at the record sales you can find out how much she made roughly from her various concert tours and that kind of stuff, TV shows and all that, all those kinds of things. She should be worth way more than 56 million, right? Where did all that money go? We don't know because a lot of these financial dealings, they're not above board and they're not really filed with the courts like they're supposed to be. So this leads one to believe that, uh, or let me, let me go ancient aliens. Could we say that there are people behind the scenes of Britney's life taking all of this money from her and putting it through some sort of weird laundering operations involving underground tunnels and Bigfoots and then taking that money and putting it into their own pockets. Yes, we could say that. All right, there's my uh, ancient alien style on that. Anyways, the, if this is true and if she's only worth $56 million, I don't know. It, it's hard to see that number and not think that that $200 million went to somebody who it shouldn't have gone to. But 
nobody knows for sure. All this stuff is hidden. It's all hidden from public. So we have no way of knowing for sure. On the 22nd of, of May, Britney performs at the 2016 Billboard Music Awards. Again, just more beating the dead horse, I guess. On August 26th, she releases her Glory album. And on the 28th, she performs on the MTV Video Music Awards. Again, more performance stuff. I think we've firmly established here that she is not senile. Now, on the 28th of September, Britney goes on the Jonathan Ross show. People who attended the live taping of this said that Britney talked about the conservatorship on that show. But if you find the episode, it didn't make it. It was edited out. They said that apparently she said she talked about things like how much control they had over her life. But we don't have any direct quotes because as far as I know, there are no no recordings of this interview with the conservatorship talk still in it that's available that we can watch. So maybe it didn't even happen. It's it's all hearsay. Who knows for sure? All right, let's move along to 2017. In January, there was some some weird looking financial stuff with buying and selling property through the conservatorship. So apparently Jamie bought property from Brittany, but it, none of the stuff is above board, so we don't know for sure, but it kind of looks like he bought property from Brittany with her own money that he then took possession of. And even if he didn't, all the money he's earned, you know, over the years has been taken directly from her anyways against her will. So who knows? And keep in mind, by the way, she's still paying all this child support too. So that's what, 50, that's like $70,000 plus who knows what else expenses a month that she's liable for. Maybe that's why she never stopped performing because she literally can't afford to. It's, it's a lot of money that she has to pay every month. On the 3rd of June, Britney's Britney Live in Concert Tour starts. But this one's a little weird because it ends after only one month and 11 shows. Seems a little weird. Nobody, I couldn't find any good reason why the show, why this tour was so short. It was an international tour, and it was so popular that ticket websites crashed from the volume. As soon as the tickets went on sale, they sold out. Websites crashed, and there was even a show in Israel that was so popular that they actually had to shut down like a political convention that was going on at the time because they couldn't do both at the same time. That's how popular Britney is, I guess. So if this was so popular, why were, were there only 11 shows? Maybe they planned it that way, but... You'd think if they could sell that many tickets, they would do like one of these other tours where they're doing 60, 70, 80 shows and really cash in on that. I mean, that's what I would want to do if I was a musician and I could sell out tickets like that. Why wouldn't you? All right. Well, anyways, next up in the 31st of uh, December, the Britney Peace of Me residency ends after four years. This residency was originally supposed to go for two years, remember, but they actually extended it because it was so popular. After all four years was said and done, it was about 250 performances, and it supposedly grossed close to $138 million, and they sold about 900,000 tickets at an average price of $150, which is just crazy. Let's say hypothetically that uh, I don't know what the specifics are of the contractor deal, but let's just run a number here just for a thought experiment. Let's say hypothetically $138 million. Got my calculator calculator out here. So 138 million times 0.015 for the percentage. So out of that cut, Jamie would have made 1.5% of just the ticket sales, would have made over $2 million for why exactly? Just because he can, I guess. Again, if if you really cared about taking care of somebody and helping them get healthy, 
you wouldn't be milking him for $2 million, allegedly. But who knows? Maybe he's really a good guy deep down inside. I don't know. All right, let's fast forward now to 2018. The Piece of Me tour starts. This isn't the same thing as the residency. So the residency was called Britney Piece of Me, and that was in Vegas. Now they're doing a tour, which I'm guessing is the same thing. In October of this year, they announced a new residency, and she was supposed to get half a million dollars a show and a percentage of ticket sales and merchandise. Half a million a show. That's a lot of money. Even for Britney, she was probably pretty amped about that, I imagine. I don't know. I would be. In uh, October, this... Okay, so this is when things start to get interesting and things start to happen pretty quickly. On the 19th of October, Andrew Wallet, who's been the, the lawyer for Britney's uh, conservatorship this whole time, requests a pay raise to $426,000 a year. Oh yeah, I'm sure he does a lot of stuff to deserve that. And listen to what he says to justify this. He says that the conservator, the, or not the conservatorship, the estate has increased in value in the amount of at least $20 million dollars well, if you look at what she's done all these years, it should have the number should be much higher than $20 million, but whatever. So he talks about in the last 10 years how he's had to hire and fire people and take action against various people who were not acting in the best interest of the conservatee, which is Brittany. And yeah, well, I'm sure whatever he did was worth almost half a million a year. Why not, right? And he said the next he hoped that the next several years would be very lucrative. What the hell is this guy up to? Is he trying to look out for her best interests or is he trying to make money here? Because if you care about helping somebody get better, even if you're a lawyer, you're not going to be talking about stuff being lucrative. You're going to be talking about treatment plans and helping them get healthy. The more you look into it, the more you find quotes from people, things people have said over the years that are not things somebody would say if they were doing what they're supposed to be doing. Allegedly, I'm just going to throw out an allegedly there. So Mr. Wallet here doesn't uh, slap me with a lawsuit. All right, on the 21st of December, the Piece of Me tour ends after three months and 31 shows. Again, it seems to be a little shorter run than what we've seen in the past from Britney, but I was not able to find any explanation for this. It just sort of ended. Okay, on the 19th of November, there's a hearing where Andrew Wallet says why he deserves a pay raise. According to Britney's Graham, who attended the hearing... He says certain things that are kind of interesting, like he describes the conservatorship as a hybrid business model, and he notes that the conservator's business activities have greatly accelerated due to her increased well-being and her capacity to be more engaged in furthering her career activities. So let's just take a moment here and think about this. If he has helped her get better and improve her ability to make money, Shouldn't that be where he hits the eject button and says, she no longer needs my services? That's not what he's doing here. He's saying, well, she's making more money, so I should get a piece of that. But the, to me, there should be a disconnect. If you're leading a conservatorship and you're helping this person get healthy, you're helping this person live their lives, you should not get a piece of the action. That should be your job. Your job should be to help this person, but there should be a disconnect between what that person makes and what you make. You should make what you make for your job. This whole thing, just the way they treat the conservatorship, they treat it like a piggy bank. They're definitely, they do not treat it as something they're using to help her improve, something to help her get healthy. They're just treating it like a straight up piggy bank. And it just, it's kind of sickening. 
Now we're moving right along here to 2019. On the 4th of January, Britney abruptly cancelled her residency, Domination, a month before she was supposed to start performing. There's no official reason, but there are rumors flying around that Jamie forced her to cancel it because she wasn't behaving the way he wanted her to. There's rumors that she was refusing to work because she was she'd had enough of the conservatorship and she's basically saying, I'm just not going to do it anymore until we end this conservatorship. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm done being your guys's piggy bank. None of this stuff that I can tell is substantiated. It's all highly speculative. So I just want to say I'm not saying this is the truth. I'm just saying these are some of the rumors that are out there. Things are starting to develop in March. On March 4th, Andrew Wallet resigns. And he, his statement, he says, substantial detriment, irreparable harm, and immediate danger will result to the conservatee and her estate if the relief requested herein is not granted on an ex parte basis. So basically what that means is really bad stuff is going to happen if you don't allow me to resign. He's asking for his own resignation there. Nobody knows why he did this. He just got a pay raise. They approved that pay raise. He's making tons of money. He's probably got some other clients too. So that's not all he's making. This dude is living the life, man. He's making a lot of money. Why would he give all that up at just out of nowhere? So there's some really weird stuff going on behind the scenes here. And we don't know what it is. Nobody knows. It's probably all locked up super tight under non-disclosure agreements and probably will never know. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall and he hit the eject button before the nastiness started. That's uh, of everything I've seen. That's probably the most plausible explanation. But maybe there was some shenanigans behind the scenes and he was forced out. We don't know. Following month in April, Brittany posts on Instagram that she is taking some me time. But a lot of fans are suspicious because the way she posted it is not the way she would normally post something. And because of the fact that everything she posts on public media has to be approved. And in fact, her conservatorship can post on her behalf. Everybody kind of suspects that she didn't really say that, but people are either making her say that or they just kind of said it for her. Nobody knows for sure, but if they wanted to sort of quiet down any sort of rumors going on, that that's what you would say, right? Say, hey guys, just kind of, I want to leave me alone. I want some me time. You know, I just want some time to myself. Stop talking about me. That's, that's not really what celebrities do, right? Celebrities kind of promote themselves. That's what you would want to do if you were in the conservatorship trying to, uh, you know, with your death grip on on this piggy bank and you didn't want some of the dirt getting out. But eh, who knows? This is all speculative and probably none of it's true anyways. Around this time, TMZ reports that she checked into a mental health facility about a week ago. So supposedly at this point, she'd been in a mental health facility for about a week. Okay, now on the 16th of April, the podcast Britney's Graham, they got a voicemail from somebody who claimed to be a paralegal working for lawyers behind the scenes. And they you actually can hear, if you go look up their episode, I forget which one it is, but it's not hard to find. You can actually listen to the recording. I'm not really sure if I'm legally allowed to like play that on here because I haven't been given permission, but I, I think I'm allowed to read a transcript of it. So this is what the voicemail said. It said, Hi there, I cannot disclose who I am. I just heard the latest episode and you guys are on to something. I used to be a paralegal for an attorney that worked with Britney's conservatorship. I am no longer with them. What is happening is disturbing to say the least. Basically, Britney was in rehearsals for Domination. It came to Jamie's attention, Jamie Spears, that Britney was not taking her medication as prescribed. 
she was missing a lot of doses and just full on not taking them. So they got her to the doctor. The doctor said, okay, if you don't want these medications, let's get you on a new one. She refused to take the new one. So Jamie said, either you take this medication or the show's off and I'm pulling my support and you can't do it. Brittany did not follow Jamie's instructions and so he was true to his word. He pulled the show. Brittany has been in the mental facility since mid-January. Of course, the statement yesterday said that she entered last week. That is not true. She has been there since mid-January. There is no timeline. Granted, I haven't worked at the firm for a little over two weeks now, but there is no end date particularly in sight for this stay at this mental facility to end. She did not want to go. From what I understand, this was not a decision she made at all. There is some circumstantial corroboration to this that she was in the facility for months rather than weeks because a lot of fans started noticing that her Instagram, she wasn't posting on there or the posts were kind of unusual or whatever, but that's sort of circumstantial and it's hard to say if that's actual proof. This voicemail, if it's true, is uh, pretty interesting evidence that Britney's being mistreated. So I want to talk a little bit about medications. I could not find any specific medication that Brittany was supposed to be on. Let's say she has bipolar, bipolar disorder, okay? Just for, we don't know if she has that for sure or not, but there are different kinds of medications that somebody might be on for bipolar. Lithium is the, is the first line treatment usually, and it's a mood stabilizer. It doesn't, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't really zonk you out. It's not going to really give you much of a head change. What it does is it stops that person's mood from going to the high and low extremes, the high of mania and the low of depression. It stabilizes that person a little bit. There are a lot of other stabilizers that they might use under certain circumstances, depending on the symptoms, depending on what the patient might respond to. Some people respond well to lithium, others don't. Some of those treatments for bipolar are sort of experimental and they're given off-label, like they're anti-convulsant medications or things like that. But there are also a lot of other medications that might be given to people with bipolar. There's a lot of comorbidities like anxiety and things like that. So that person might be given something like a, a, a benzodiazepine, something like Valium or something, or, or a clonopin can have certain beneficial effects for people with bipolar sometimes. So stuff like that. And those are the medications that would kind of more so than the mood stabilizers. Generally, the mood stabilizers most of them, from what I understand, aren't going to like zonk somebody out and make them seem like they're drugged, but something like Valium would do that. We don't know what she's on, but a medication isn't necessarily something that's going to be bad or nefarious, but if it is, some of these medications are pretty hardcore and they're hard to tolerate for people. Even if they treat one symptom, they cause other symptoms that might be worse than what they're treating. So a lot of people don't like taking it and don't like to tolerate it. And a lot of people with bipolar, they don't like to take the mood stabilizers because they actually enjoy the mania, not so much the depression. They'll stop taking it, they'll go into a mania, and then once, once the mania is over, then they'll start seeking medication for the depression, which might be a completely different set of medications. But anyways, long story short, we don't know what she's been diagnosed with, if anything. We don't know what medications she's on, but the conservatorship is absolutely well within their rights to force her to take a medication. So if she says... I'm okay, I don't want to take that Valium, I feel fine, they can still make her take it if they determine, because remember, under the conservatorship, she's not capable of making her own decisions, so Papa Spears can say, no, she's wrong, she's got tons of anxiety, I see it all the time, 
And then the doctor, since Brittany's not competent to speak for herself, has to take Jamie's word over it. And then they can, you know, pump her full of whatever. So I don't know if that's what's going on. There's a lot of rumors that that's what's going on. There have been photographs and videos of Brittany, like coming out of institutions and things like that, where she does not look like herself. She does look like she's been pumped full of something like Valium. But we don't know for sure if any if any of this is true. It's all highly speculative. But I see a lot of talk about bipolar and medications that might be used to treat it. Most people, I don't think most people have a really good idea of what medication is involved for something like bipolar, which again is what a lot of people suspect Brittany is being treated for, but we don't know. So I just wanted to throw that out there, that there's a whole host of medications that could be used and not all of them are going to have a negative cognitive effect on her. Some of them actually might give her more energy and make her look more awake or whatever. All right. On the 23rd of April, she posts on Instagram and asks for privacy. And once again, it's suspected by her fans that this is not her posting it, but it's her team trying to take the a little bit of the um, suspicion off and get people to stop talking about her because people are starting to wonder what's going on here. Is she really in a facility or whatever? So they're trying to take the light off of her as the, as the suspicion. Nobody knows. Maybe it really was her. So when I say that the fans suspect, they talk about things like she uses emoticons that she never used before or uses vocabulary that she never used before. And it just, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they have certain mannerisms, even online or even in text messages, and if somebody else grabs that phone, it might seem a little off. You might not be sure that that text message has been sent from somebody else. Sort of, it might seem like it wasn't them that sent it. Okay, on the 29th of April, a photographer by the name of David LaChapelle references free hashtag free Britney. And he talks about how Britney Spears wanted to be filmed in a video in a cage. And it seemed to him that something was wrong. And she didn't want to be in the cage like dancing and sexy and stuff. She wanted to be in the cage like she was trapped in there. And he's sort of suggesting that she was trying to send a message with this. But uh, he was probably under an NDA, so he can't say a whole lot. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe it means nothing at all. But it's interesting that somebody that's behind the scenes is kind of coming out and saying that there's something wrong here. This is not just fans who are over-interpreting Instagram posts or conspiracy theory forums that don't have any evidence. This is somebody who had personal, professional contact with Britney Spears coming out and hinting that there's something is not right that's going on. On the 6th of May, Britney's mother, Lynn, filed to be updated on details of the conservatorship. So apparently she's been in the dark this whole time, and now she wants to sort of get involved. A highly interesting turn of events. I don't know if they were still on the outs, her, her mom and Brittany, or maybe Brittany was able to get a message through her brother and ask her mom to get involved. I don't know what's going on here, but we have a lot of things in the conservatorship that were pretty much the same for years and years. Now everything's changing very quickly. On the 15th of May, a judge orders another 730 evaluation. And this is interesting because this happens right after or a week or two after Brittany's mother wants to get involved. Now we have another evaluation. Now, the only reason they would order another evaluation would be this is the first step to dissolve the conservatorship would be to get another evaluation that says that Brittany is now competent to manage her own affairs, that she's no longer a vegetable or dement has dementia or whatever it would be that they said in the original evaluation. So maybe her mother worked behind the scenes to get some stuff done. Who knows? And this is uh, this stuff is actually going on as I'm recording this. This stuff is kind of unfolding. 
So it'll be an interesting next uh, couple of months as far as this case is concerned. On the 30th of May, we have one of the most important pieces of evidence available to us for this case. A handwritten letter surfaces. Supposedly, Britney Spears wrote this letter for somebody else to read. And before I read what was in the letter, later on we had Andrew Galley, who's another photographer that worked directly with her on For the Record, remember, all the way back in 2008, and became a friend, one of her friends. He says he was the source of the leaked letter and that he was under a non-disclosure agreement, so he couldn't leak it sooner. It took him 11 years, I guess, to leak this letter because that's when the non-disclosure agreement expired, right? He says that they actually, the conservatorship, found the letter originally and destroyed it. But before they did, he made a copy of it. And here's what the letter says. Now, remember, this is supposedly written by Brittany for Andrew Galley to read for her. And that's why it sort of sounds like it's written in the third person or sounds kind of strange. But here it goes. After reading Kevin's article in People... I was amazed at how a lot of the focus was on Brittany, their mother, to sell a story for People magazine, instead of the focus being on Kevin. What happened to Brittany was a year ago, and people need to get with the times. And as for Kevin saying Brittany divorced him, she was forced to by her lawyers because she went to visit him in New York, and he wouldn't see her and the children, and her lawyers said if she doesn't divorce him, she's going to do it himself. So Kevin trying to play the innocent victim is hardly irrelevant. He left her and the babies. Her going on the mend partying two years ago has nothing to do with the situation now. She is a completely different person, and most of their fighting was done back then because of his problem waking and baking to marijuana at five in the morning. No one knows about these things because no one knows the truth. Her behavior when her children got taken away because of her locking herself in the bathroom is understandable, considering her friend at the door kept telling her, the cops are leaving, don't worry, stay in the bathroom. She was lied to and set up. Her children were taken away and she did spin out of control, which any mother would in these circumstances. Her next visit took a toll as well. She wasn't listening to her manager. He lost control, so he wanted to scare her. Now this year, Brittany has been silenced to speak about anything that's really going on. The people controlling her life have made $3 million this year. Crossed out in the letter, you can still read it, but it's crossed out. It says, if she speaks up, she is threatened. And continuing on, she would love for new eyes to see her situation. But if she brings it up, she's constantly threatened that the conservators will take her kids away. So how long does this go on? And as long... This is crossed out again as she is in the situation. As the people are getting paid and she has no rights, it could go on for a while, but it doesn't make it right at all. Everyone is very quick to put a gloomy eye on Brittany. Does anyone talk about Janet Jackson giving her baby to her brother? Hopefully she won't do it with this child. Uh, crossed out Brittany and then it says Brittany and then crossed out is fine. Given her brother a $2 million apartment. Her mother, a $4 million estate in Louisiana, and her father, the best job in show business. Yeah, he does literally nothing and gets paid for it. She, a very giving person, and would love to get the respect she deserves. She's a very giving person, whatever. Anyways, that's what the letter says, supposedly written by Brittany. And uh, this is in 2008, remember. 
and it sort of speaks for itself. I don't think we need to discuss it too much, but if it's true and it does appear to be true because Andrew Gallery, the photographer actually went on, I don't know, I think TikTok or something. He made videos where he publicly went out, made videos of himself explaining the situation, which is kind of a risky thing for him to do. Right. And it seems like he's genuine. You can go look the videos up and watch them. For me, it's very believable. Maybe it's all made up, but why would, I mean, if you're a professional photographer, you have a certain obligation to not spill the beans. If you're behind this, let's say hypothetically, if you're behind the scenes doing a a photography shoot of, I don't know, a, a rock band and you see them all snorting up cocaine, if you go spill the beans on that, you're never going to get hired again because they need to hire somebody who can keep their mouth shut and take pictures. They don't want somebody who's going to spill the beans on them. So a photographer coming out and saying something like this is it's highly interesting. And it seems to me that this photographer is very concerned about Brittany really was her friend or is her friend. If they let him visit anymore, probably not, especially after this. And one thing she says here is that her lawyers told her to divorce Kevin. Um, And the way they said it is that basically like, if you don't divorce him, he's going to do it first, maybe probably putting a little bit of fear on her. There's been a lot of rumors that her relationships have been controlled over the years, particularly her first marriage, which happened in Vegas. I won't really go into it, but she married on a whim in Vegas, one of these drunken Vegas weddings. And there's a lot of rumors that people surrounding her were very concerned and pretty much made her get the divorce because she didn't get a prenup and they, you know, they didn't, maybe they didn't want her married in the first place because it's not a good image. We have uh, a lot of evidence in the past. Like for example, um, Buddy Holly is going back a ways, right? But Buddy Holly got married, but they kept the marriage secret because they didn't want him. They they wanted him to be sort of like a sex symbol. And if he's married, that would lower his appeal to the the female audience, which is maybe back. Go look up a picture of Buddy Holly. I guess if that's what got, you know, I think of good looking dudes. That's not really what I think of, but maybe that's what was hot back then. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, this is not unusual for a star, a, a musician or a, a world famous star for them to be controlled at this level. We don't know for sure, but there are a lot of rumors that they controlled her personal relationships even before the conservatorship. All right, so let's move on. On the 13th of June, Jamie Spears is granted a five year restraining order against Sam Lufty. And also around this time, Jamie admitted that his relationship with Brittany was always strained, had always been strained for a long time now, which who knows if any of this is true, but if their relationship is so strained, why was he the one put in charge of taking care of her? Shouldn't they choose somebody who has a better relationship and is better able to care for her? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's a better dynamic. (laughs) He can crack the whip and tell her what to do. On the 14th of June, the Absolute Brittany Instagram page which I don't think, I don't think that's Britney Spears's Instagram. I think that's a different, like a fan made Instagram page. They shared the notion that uh, Britney Spears's team was up to no good. According to them, Britney's conservatorship was deleting positive comments on her Instagram posts and leaving negative one. The idea being that they're leaving. So all the posts that they're leaving are the ones that are saying, Oh yeah, look, she looks horrible. She looks like she's fallen off the deep end. She needs help, whatever. And anything that's positive, like, oh, you're looking great, girl, or stuff like that, they're taking that off, trying to manipulate the public image of how she's seen. And her mother, Lynn, confirmed that this was happening. I don't know. I don't follow Britney's Instagram at all. So this is all, you know, hearsay. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's supposedly what was happening. 
on the 19th of July, Samuel Ingham, remember going back all the way to the beginning of the podcast, that was Brittany's court-appointed attorney. He's cited in a wrongful death lawsuit involving Casey Kasem. Um, I won't go into that one. That's a whole, possibly a whole other episode on itself, but he's accused of being an active participant in a horrifying plot in Casey's life for financial gain. Whoa. So I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but if that has any sort of truth to it, then, you know, it sort of establishes that these people are not looking out for the good of anybody. They're just, they're using, they're using a particular structure within our courts to take advantage of people and steal a lot of money for them. That's what that suggests. But I haven't really looked into that case, so who knows. On the 24th of August, this is kind of weird. So Dr. Timothy Benson, he's the psychiatrist who worked with Brittany in the past, and he was the one who was doing the 730 evaluation to determine if Brittany was okay enough to run her own life again. He died, and he was only 48. Supposedly, he died of an aneurysm. And I was thinking the timing of this, it's kind of suspicious, right? So... A conspiracy theorist might say something behind the scenes was going on. Maybe Dr. Timothy Benson had a conversation with somebody from the conservatorship and said, well, yeah, I'm not going to take this money to say that she's crazy. I'm just going to do an evaluation and what it is is what it is. I'm going to do um, I'm going to do a reasonable evaluation and then somebody somehow poisoned him or whatever. But then he died of an aneurysm. Allegedly, we don't know for sure. As far as I could find, it wasn't released what he died of but it's supposedly an aneurysm. If that's the case, is it possible to give somebody an aneurysm by like poisoning them or something? And from what I found, that is very, very possible to do. I won't say how, because nobody really needs to know that information. I'll just say, if you find some chemicals lying around, just don't eat them. But anyways, we don't have any proof of any of this, but the timing of it is highly suspicious. And of course, this is a conspiracy show, so I'm just going to have to point that out. Probably it was just an accident. Probably there's nothing. There's no shenanigans going on here. It was just a coincidence, I'm sure. Who knows? Who knows? All right, so on the 25th of August, Kevin Federline filed a restraining order against Jamie Spears. Now, what happened, supposedly, Jamie Spears was watching Britney's kids, and he got into a fight with the 13-year-old. And I'm, I'm purposely not naming the children because I don't... They're, they're children and they're still minors. And I don't want this to be about them. You know, don't bother. Don't harass the kids. Let them live their lives in peace. <laughs> they don't need to be involved in any of this stuff, right? Hopefully, hopefully they don't catch any of the limelight. But anyways, the 13, their 13 year old son got in a fight with Jamie and uh, they were arguing. He locked himself in a room and Jamie broke down the door and there, there was some sort of argument and Jamie physically assaulted him. Um, maybe like shook him really roughly or something like that. I don't really know the details. I'm not sure that they're available, but those are the rumors. But we do know for a fact that Kevin Federline did file a restraining order against Jamie. And as a result of this, on the 28th, the child custody was changed and it gave a, a different, instead of 50-50, it was changed to 70-30, 70% to Kevin. Which, by the way, I'd like to point out some other rumors that supposedly Kevin Federline was had a reputation of being like a party boy and stuff, but the rumors are that he's actually a pretty good dad. So I hope that's true because you know, why not? You want the kids to have a good father, right? Anyway, so they, the restraining orders granted against Jamie Spears. That's probably why things start to change from here because that complicates issues. If 
Brittany has custody of the children, which, by the way, how can you justify Brittany being able to watch her own children if she's not capable of caring for herself? Are those visits uh, supervised? I don't know. I didn't look into it. This sort of changes the dynamic. If Brittany's watching her kids, Jamie cannot be around because he has the restraining order against him. So shortly thereafter, on the 6th of September, he temporarily steps down of the, as the conservator of Brittany's person, but not of her estate. Remember I said there's two different ones. There's the person who micromanages her life and the person who micromanages her money. He still does the money stuff. He stepped down as the micromanager of her personal life. And he cited health reasons. Supposedly, he had like a ruptured colon and almost died. But supposedly, after that happened, he was photographed in Florida going on a fishing trip. Now, if he was almost dead, how was he on a fishing trip? And I don't know what kind of terrain he was going to, but it wasn't like a five-star hotel. It was probably out in the middle of the boonies and, you know, out in the wilderness. If he was, if he's almost dead, he shouldn't be out in the wilderness fishing. I'm just, just saying. But eh, that's all rumor. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it's all legend. I don't know. Anyways, as a result, a lady by the name of jo Jody Montgomery was assigned to be Brittany's caregiver. So her, uh, the person who micromanages her personal life. Jody Montgomery, I won't go too much into her, but she's one of these professional conservators. Oh yeah, you didn't know about that? That's a real thing. Somebody who is a... Yeah, that, that doesn't sound greasy at all. Anyways, she's appointed temporary conservator, but they, they keep extending her. She's still actually the conservator of person to this day. They kept extending the temporary conservatorship. It's still temporary from what I understand, but we'll get to that in a minute. Now, there is some dirt on her. Allegedly, in unrelated cases, uh, Jody Montgomery is cited claiming a breach of fiduciary duty, intrusion into solitude, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And it, it sounds pretty similar to, um, to Brittany's case, the whole thing. I didn't have a time to investigate it, but there seemed to be similarities. The client couldn't choose their own people, and the court appointed people to evaluate them and all that stuff. And there was another unrelated case where Montgomery was a conservator and she's accused of negligence and similar things. So who knows if any of that's true, but if it is, maybe this ain't the person for Brittany. I don't know. It's, maybe it's neither here nor there. On uh, September 18th, there was supposed to be a hearing and Brittany did not attend and there were no rulings. So I guess it kind of just didn't happen. On November 12th, in an unrelated case... Uh, Jody Montgomery is once again accused, this time of elder or dependent adult abuse. Again, I don't know if there's any anything to that, any truth to it, but it's just a report I read. And if it's true, then it establishes Jody Montgomery's character. But maybe she's a good person. Maybe there are good professional, uh, you know, custodians out there for conservatorships, and maybe they're not all scam artists. I don't know. All right, now let's fast forward to this year. We're getting real current here. In January of 2020, on the 22nd, there was a status hearing, and there was very minimal media coverage, and uh, there's a next. the next one was scheduled for April 21st. On the 4th of March, one of Britney's sons went on Instagram and just sort of did like a live ask me anything kind of a deal, and they asked him about his grandfather, and he said uh, he didn't like his grandfather very much. I'm paraphrasing. He used harsher language than that. But uh, it may not be that important. You know, some kids can be pretty sassy. But on the other hand, it, it establishes that their relationship may not be great. And it also does sort of put some truth to rumors that have been going on about what kind of person Jamie is. Of course, like I said earlier, rumors 
being that he's an alcoholic and in general, not a good person. But that's all alleged because I never said it. And this is what other people are saying. So don't sue me, Jamie. Okay, so on the 20th of April, the court hearing that was scheduled for the following day uh, is rescheduled for the 22nd, 22nd of July. On the 4th of July, we have a TikTok video that goes viral. I think the the person who put it out goes under the name of Moonwalk Mars. The video goes viral, and this reignites the whole Free Britney movement. Huge thanks to Moonwalk Mars for bringing this uh, back to everybody's attention. I guess it died off for a little while. On the 13th, Britney's mother filed a request for a special notice to include her in all matters uh, uh, pertaining to Britney's finances and specifically into certain matters with, a, with one of her trusts. And we're talking about a trust that was established in 2004 to deal with Britney's finances. And so this is a trust that was pre-conservatorship that the conservators got control over after they were, after 2008, after they got control of the conservatorship. Part of the reason for this supposedly is that this trust has been handled outside of the courts since 2013. So anytime they do financial stuff, it's supposed to be reported to the courts, but it hasn't been. And it kind of just has to make you suspicious, right? Why are, what are they hiding? Are they just shuffling money around? Who knows? Could be anything. Probably it's all above board. I mean, these people, these are nice people. They're never going to do anything shady, right? Okay. So on the 16th, Forbes releases another article talking about the free Britney movement. They say that the conservatorship is irregular and doesn't make any sense. I'm paraphrasing the article. And you also have some celebrities coming out like Miley Cyrus and Rose McGowan, among many others, are coming out in support of the Free Britney movement. And again, this is only important because it establishes that it's not just nut jobs like me who are taking this seriously. There's a lot of people from major outlets and celebrities that are considered to be not crazy. <laughs> people who have an inside view on these things are taking it seriously. Just kind of gives more... Um, I guess it just gives more legitimacy to the whole thing. Okay, so on the 20th of July, Jamie files a status update in court. And the status update, from what I gather, will have information about what's going on behind the scenes with the conservatorship. But the entire thing is redacted, so we don't know what it says. Again, what are you trying to hide, Jamie? If it's redacted, what's in there? Is it like how many bowel movements you have a day? Why do you care what's in there? It can't possibly be that important that you have to hide it, right? If everything's above board and you're not actually doing anything shady, shouldn't the public know about what's going on? I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. All right. On the 21st, Lynn likes two free Britney posts on Facebook. This is important because as part of the family, she might have gag orders on there. Like you can go to court and like we talked about earlier, get an injunction, or you can get the court to say, you're not allowed to talk about this but probably she's allowed to like posts on Facebook. So if she's not allowed to say publicly what she thinks, but she is allowed to say, hint, hint, this might be true on Facebook, that's pretty interesting. It's her way, it's her way of communicating with the public maybe, or maybe she just hit the wrong button. I don't know. On the 22nd, there's the status hearing and a lot of fans protest outside the courthouse where the hearing is going on. Uh, Brittany doesn't show up um, as planned because she had technical difficulties. I guess she was supposed to use Zoom or whatever. The status hearing is rescheduled for the 19th of August. Hey, that actually just happened. Okay, sweet. We'll talk about that in a minute. On the 23rd, uh, Brittany's brother, he appeared on an episode of As Not Seen on TV, which is a podcast. And when they asked him about Brittany's conservatorship, he said, 
She's always wanted to get out of it. It's very frustrating to have. Whether someone's coming in peace to help or they're coming in with an attitude, having someone constantly tell you to do something has got to be frustrating. So yeah, she's wanted to get out of it for quite some time. And this is, uh, for me, has to be believable, right? You can't really debunk this one. This is her brother here. He's not going to make this up. He has no way. He, he's not going to benefit financially in any way from this, right? So we got to kind of take him at face value here. And I'd just like to point out that if she's vegetative, she's not going to want anything. So the fact that she does want to get out of the conservatorship in and of itself, doesn't that kind of prove that she's capable of taking care of herself? I don't know, maybe not, but it's just whatever. So the 1st of August, Jamie Spears comes out and he called Free Britney a conspiracy theory. But as I see, this is this is why I'm talking about a lot of these things that may not seem important. Because this is not just a conspiracy theory, but that's how it's often painted in the in the media. Like, oh, that's just that's what those tinfoil hat wearing weirdos believe. But it's there's nothing going on. It's they just care about Brittany. They're trying to help her and make sure that she's safe. That's all there is to it. And there's nothing else is going on here, right? But again, if it was really a conspiracy theory and there's nothing to it, he wouldn't have to point that out. It would be self-evident. And he says, it's up to the court of California to decide what's best for my daughter. It's no one else's business. Oh, yeah, because the court has such a great track history of taking care of people, right? Anyways, oh, he also denies that anyone is skimming off the top of Britney's estate, which is hilarious because we have the court documents to prove that he is skimming off him. He and other people are 100% skimming off of this estate. You remember when I talked about why he, how he got one and a half percent. The reason I bring that up is because of things like this, where they say, Oh, there's nothing unusual going on here. This is all above board. Nothing's doing anything weird. No, we know for a fact that he's skimming off of the top of the estate. We know how much money he's being paid from the estate through the court documents. That's a fact. And if you were, again, I have to say it again, if you were trying to help somebody out and take care of them, you would not demand points of their earnings. It just doesn't make any sense. All right. So on the 2nd of August, a choreographer by the name of Brian Friedman comes out and supports the Free Britney movement. The next day, a makeup artist named Billy Bradfield also comes out in support of the Free Britney movement. Again, this is important because these people are insiders who are probably under non-disclosure agreements. But even just by liking a post in the Free Britney hashtag or whatever, that's in itself highly interesting because they're not allowed to publicly say what they think, but they can sort of hint at things. And again, like I talked about the photographer, if you're a choreographer or a makeup artist, it's very dangerous for your career to spill the beans on anybody. All right, so on the 19th of August, this is when we just had the status hearing. This as actually... As I was writing up my notes for this episode, this happened and I had to, um, I had to readjust my notes here. So what happened was uh, we got hold of a new court document filed by Sam Ingham. Remember, that's her court appointed lawyer. Apparently, Brittany is trying to get Jamie removed as her personal conservator. And she wants him out as the financial conservator because he's still the financial one, remember. But temporarily, he's not the personal one. And she, she's trying to get him removed from the conservatorship entirely. And she's asking to have Montgomery kept on as the permanent conservator. Now, this may not necessarily on face value seem that she's trying to uh, overturn the conservatorship. But the way it was explained, there, there's some lawyers who've interpreted this stuff. You can find interpretations online. The whole thing is written in like a foreign language, like that legal speak that's really hard to understand. 
But basically, if Brittany wants to get out of the conservatorship, she has to take a bunch of small steps along the way. And getting Jamie out is probably the first and most important step to her regaining her freedom. Because as long as he's in control of the conservatorship, he's going to have tremendous influence over her life. And it's going to be impossible for her to get anything done for herself. If somebody else is in charge, they might agree for Brittany, for example, to be able to hire her own lawyer. Anyways, in the papers, they expect this action to be violently contested by Jamie. That's what it says in the paper specifically. It says Jamie will violently contest this action. Again, if Jamie cares about Brittany, why would he contest what she wants? And the papers also ask permission for Brittany to hire a litigation lawyer. Now, this is highly interesting because basically what's gone on here over the last decade or so is a lot of Britney's finances have been entangled in very complicated ways, and it does appear that hundreds of millions of dollars have been siphoned off. If Britney wants any chance of getting her money back, she's going to have to hire some litigation lawyers who specifically go after money type things because it's going to be a really complicated topic. She's probably going to need to hire a whole team of lawyers, in fact, to help her get some of her money back. I'm sure she's never going to get all of it. If she gets half of it, she'd be lucky. And then the lawyer is going to take half of that. And then, you know, she'll get half of nothing. I don't know. This, it may not seem, this may seem like a nothing burger, but this is the first step is getting rid of Jamie. The next step is hiring her own lawyers. And then a third step, maybe trying to get another 730 evaluation or something. But Even though this court document doesn't say specifically I want to dissolve the uh, conservatorship, she actually can't do that right now because if it was just dissolved overnight, all these weird things that have gone on with her money, she might not ever be able to resolve any of that. From what I understand, this is the first step in her getting her life back, and it has to go through several phases for her to be successful. Um, One thing that's curious is in this filing, it seems like suddenly overnight this lawyer is all of a sudden trying to represent her best interests after all these years of seemingly not doing so, allegedly, right? So is that because the other people in the conservatorship had more leverage than him? Maybe he wasn't allowed contact with Brittany? Probably something was going on behind the scenes, allowing him to fully represent her. Who knows? Nobody knows for sure, but it just seems kind of weird that after all these years, now he's asking to hire additional lawyers to represent Brittany. Why didn't he do that in 2008 when they were, remember when Brittany multiple times tried to hire her own lawyers and they wouldn't let her? Now all of a sudden they're trying, he's trying to, it doesn't make any sense. So with all these sort of things happening behind the scenes, like Andrew Wallet resigning, uh, resigning out of, you know, just out of thin air, he just resigns. It, see, it suggests there's some weird stuff going on behind the scenes, but maybe we'll find out later. Maybe we won't. I suspect that a lot of this stuff will never see the light of day because even if Brittany gets the conservatorship dissolved, she is a brand in and of herself. Uh, She needs a certain image to sell albums and to sell those concert tickets. And even if she was the victim, it might look bad is from a marketing perspective. So it might not ever see the light of day. So we might not ever get a resolution to any of this on the 19th. There was that hearing reportedly from that hearing, the lawyer Ingham requests that future hearings be unsealed. So in other words, that the public is aware of what's going on in these hearings. Ingham, this all of a sudden out of left field advocate for Brittany, all of a sudden wants this stuff to be public. 
and Jamie does not. And you have to ask yourself, again, if Jamie was above board, wouldn't he want everything to be public too? It would be the easiest way to prove that he's not up to anything nefarious. The fact that he wants everything hidden is very suspicious. Also in this August 19th hearing, the conservatorship was extended until 2021 with Montgomery still as the personal, as the head of the personal conservatorship. Uh, they did not kick Jamie off of the conservatorship on this hearing, but they did, the court did ask for more specific paperwork filed along those lines before those changes could be made. So the impression I get from um, the interpretations I've seen of this meeting is that they can't just do this overnight for whatever reason, like, God forbid, Brittany get control of her life back, right? So they have to take baby steps along the way to remove these people and to make these changes. It seems almost comical how, you know, how long she's been in this conservatorship. If it wasn't so depressing, it would be comical. Just, okay, well, we got, okay, today we need more paperwork. Next time, okay, well, you forgot to dot your eyes, so we're going to need additional paperwork about that. And then five years from now, she's finally going to get out of this thing. Like, it's just, I don't know why it has to happen so slow. And it's kind of frustrating because, again, like, I'm not a Britney fan, but I don't like to see people treated like this. Anybody, Britney or anybody else. So I would love to see her get out of this so she could go live her own life. Also, there is some really big breaking news on August 19th. The ACLU came out in favor of Britney Spears. They said people with disabilities have a right to lead self-directed lives and retain their civil rights. If Britney Spears wants to regain her civil liberties and get out of her conservatorship, we are here to help her. This is, to me, a huge development because, again, this ain't... Hey, we're not talking about, like, Alex Jones or something here. This is, like, a real organization that's been around for a while that legitimately tries to help people. And they're they're going on in favor of, uh, of Britney Spears. So to me, this just adds a lot of even more legitimacy to the idea that she's being abused under this thing. Because, and the reason I keep driving this point home is because I've seen an awful lot of stuff out there when I was researching this. I even heard um, a hairdresser interviewed on a podcast that I listened to saying that, oh, it's all nonsense, you know, you can't keep secrets in Hollywood. This stuff is all made up. There's She's not being abused, whatever, which is, you know, that that's very similar to a lot of the, the skeptical arguments I've seen in the past is basically, if there was anything here, we would know about it. You know, you can't hide this stuff, which is basically the argument he was making. But there's a lot of people arguing that Britney's not actually being abused. Now, I'm not saying she is. What I'm saying is that if the ACLU is coming out saying that they support her and hinting that she is being abused, maybe there's something to it and maybe we should pay attention to this, right? That uh, catches us up to our current timeline. I'm recording this on the 21st. Oh, actually, I should check the uh, interwebs here. Make sure there haven't been any developments while I'm recording this. All right. So I'm going on. Um, there's a couple of really great resources. If you want to look into this further or you want to follow the current events in this case, there's a, uh, a subreddit called Free Britney, and that's where I would check first. They have a lot of links to information, a lot of great information on here. That's where I would check first to see if there have been any developments in the case. So I'm checking that right now. Um, let's see. Okay, so so a couple of recent developments on here. Okay, so there's on here, there's a, an interview with ACLU staff attorney Zoe Brennan Crone. Um, I don't know what that is, and uh, this episode is already going really long, so um, I'll leave that up to you guys to check out. But it might be some interpretations of some of this legal stuff that's really hard to understand. Uh, let's see, 18 hours ago, Sam Lufty threatens Lou 
with a definite defamation suit. So maybe Lou Taylor was saying nasty stuff about Sam. I don't know. Um, and uh, it says here another one four hours ago. So yeah, I actually started recording this this morning, but somebody was uh, tossing a tree into a wood chipper. So I had to take a lot of breaks to get it done. It's now about 4 p.m. It's taken me all day to get this recorded. So it says Andrew Wallet has not been approved as a co-conservator. Wallet is simply Jamie's choice. So um, maybe that looks like Jamie's trying to get Wallet back on the conservatorship. I don't really know, and I'll leave you guys to check that out. And it says Andrew Wallet consents to return as co-conservator, so he wants to come back. Which why did he leave in the first place? I don't know. So that's uh, that's the most current events on this. Even though my my podcast, this is not like I don't have a ton of listeners. But even so, I really want to get this topic out there because I think that uh, it needs some attention. Even if only a handful of people become aware of this who weren't aware before, I consider that a major victory. That's one of the main reasons why I'm doing this episode. It's, I mean, a pop star is not my usual topic to discuss. This whole thing is bigger than Britney. Two more things coming up. Supposedly in... In October, we have another motion hearing and an accounting hearing. And in November, we have an order to show cause hearing. I'm not 100% sure what those are. Those are just some upcoming schedule events. And it seems like we have some media attention kind of starting to snowball on this thing. We have some big name celebrities starting to get behind Britney. Maybe something will happen and we'll, Britney will have a voice soon and be able to make a statement one way or the other about some of this stuff. But like I said, the last time she publicly spoke about the conservatorship was in 2008. So she's not allowed to comment on it one way or the other. And if they're not allowing her to say anything about it, it kind of makes it seems like she wouldn't have anything good to say. Because if she did have good stuff to say, probably they would let her say it, right? What got me into this originally was this Instagram stuff. Now, I didn't make it a major part of the episode because it's kind of open to interpretation if any of this stuff is real or if Britney fans are just sort of reading too much into these posts. But it's a really fun rabbit hole in and of itself. And if anybody wants to kind of look at that stuff, here's just a couple. There's there's like a lot. I could do an entire episode at least on just her weird Instagram stuff. The reason I didn't talk about it is because it doesn't really establish anything. It's all just kind of hearsay and allegations. Whereas there's a lot of stuff like direct quotes and like that letter that really does establish stuff. So one one that fans are talking about is there's an homage to Janet to the Janet Jackson album Control. And ob- that's a pretty obvious, you know, she could be saying Britney could be saying I'm under control. And since she can't talk about it publicly, that's her way of kind of saying. But on the other hand, Janet Jackson is well known as a, as a huge influence on Britney Spears. So it could just be that she likes the album. And that's what I mean. That's why I didn't spend a whole lot of time on these in the episode, because it, it could be something. It could be nothing. There's no way to know. All right. Another one is there was a fan posted. This is one of the more more uh, well-known ones. A fan posted in the comments of a video, if you need help, wear yellow in your next video. And in the next video, she wore a yellow shirt. And there's also um, another comment where a fan said, if you need help, blink twice. And in the next video, she was just talking about whatever. But during the video, she'd blink one, two, and then wait, and then blink one, two, and then wait. And it's very unusual because it's a very specific behavior. And if you watch her videos that she posts, 
Brittany doesn't tend to blame. I've never seen, well, not so I haven't seen a lot of her videos, but of the ones I've seen, there are none of them that she blinks twice like that. It's like a really specific thing to do. But again, maybe it's just a coincidence. There's no way to prove it. There's another post. Uh, so someone on Twitter said to post doves if Brittany needed help. And she posted a painting with doves in it a little bit later. And the painting was by a guy named Hans Zatska. Uh, Hans Zatska. And in one of the comments, uh, I don't know who this artist is, but somebody in the comments that I, when I was looking through it, they said, the purpose of Zatska's cast array of pseudonyms was to avoid penalties of breaking contracts, which limited the amount of artwork he could sell. Breaking contracts? Hashtag free Britney. So I guess this artist worked under a lot of different pseudonyms, so that he could sell more paintings because he was limited. I don't know. Maybe that's a pretty tenuous link to be making. On the other hand, if Brittany is not allowed to speak and this is the only way she can speak, then it's not that much of a stretch, but it's open to interpretation. Another one is a picture of her on the beach reading a book called Shout, the true story of a survivor who refused to be silenced. Pretty obvious there. Um, in another video, maybe she blinked SOS and Morse code. I mean, it looks kind of looks like she is. Maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't know. Uh, there's another one I think I mentioned earlier where she does yoga poses that spell out help me or something like that. Um, there's a video where she has written right below her eye. I think it was her left eye. It says call 911 in really tiny letters and you have to zoom in to see it. Um, but I mean, it could just maybe it's not. It's kind of hard to tell. Like it's a little fuzzy. It could just be over-interpreting something, but it does look like there's something written there. It does look like it says call 911, but who knows for sure. Um, there's a, there's another video that I couldn't find this video, but they talked about it on Britney's gram, I think, where she's like wearing a hat and she wrote help me in tiny letters and she kind of points to it when she takes her hat off or something. Uh, but I couldn't find that one to, to say for sure. In general, there's a lot of posts that Britney makes that are just kind of like weird like she's not acting normally and a lot of fans say that it just kind of weirds them out and they feel uncomfortable watching them. I'm just really scratching the surface here of this, of Britney's Instagram type stuff. Um, if you're interested, uh, I would suggest go listen to more episodes of the Britney's Graham podcast. That podcast supposedly was originally, oh, I wish I, I forgot the ladies names. Um, apologies, but they made the podcast, I guess, just to kind of, talk about and goof on Britney's Instagram post because they're huge fans of Britney Spears. And that's the podcast. The whole podcast is just them talking about Britney's Instagram. That's why they call it Britney's Graham, right? Remember, those are the people that broke that, uh, that paralegals voicemail that they got sent. And that sort of uh, inflamed the whole free Britney thing. I don't know if they started free Britney, but that really made a blow up. Right. So if you want to know more about their Britney's Instagram stuff, I would suggest starting there or again, the free Britney Reddit. Let's close this one up. My final thoughts. The problem with this case is it's such a strange thing. She's such a big and important celebrity that, that you think she'd be able to get word out and ask for help somehow. Right. And people kind of say, nah, this is all, this is all bullshit because you wouldn't be able to trap a celebrity like this, except if you remember at the beginning when I talked about how she actually did try to get help, she tried to hire lawyers. The courts not only kicked the lawyers out, but disciplined one of them. And, you know, somebody ripped the phone out of Britney's hand when she was trying to do this. Yeah, they, they could totally could stop her from getting help. And there's a lot of uh, hearsay, I guess you'd call it, or there's a lot of allegations 
that they're using her kids as leverage to control her. It's kind of unfortunate that the average person who's not a Britney super fan and not into conspiracies looks at this issue and says, eh, it's probably nothing. It's probably all just made up. But there's a lot of evidence that there is something to it. There is some suggestions that she might be abused in this sort of conservatorship they got going on here. And that's that's kind of the frustrating thing about this case is trying to convince people that there's something here that needs to be looked at. This court system does appear to be specifically designed to abuse people who are there there are certain people like let's say elderly people who may not have all their cognitive functions or whatever that are easy victims and the way the court system is set up what doesn't allow these people to hire their own lawyers and things like that this is how you would design a system if you wanted to put something in place specifically for abusing them and i it just it boggles my mind like this whole episode's a mind boggle it boggles my mind how our court systems are set up this way. It doesn't make any sense at all, any damn sense. And this, I like, I need to have object. I should have gotten some non-breakable objects because everything I have around me is stuff that is, you know, like my headphones and whatnot. Like I can't replace those. So I'm not going to throw those, but it just, uh, man, I need to throw, I'm going to go and hit the punching bag or something after this episode. It just gets me so fired up and so angry because it's not just Brittany. There's a lot of people being abused like this, allegedly. I mean, I can't say that Brittany's being abused because I don't want to get sued, right? So probably she's not being abused. Probably it's nothing to it. But it's not just her. There's a lot of people, a lot of anonymous people out there who are also being abused that don't have a fan base. They don't have millions of fans to act as their advocate. They don't have a whole industry of people, you know, Rose McGowan's, and celebrities to back them up, the ACLU to back them up. What I would like to see happen here, the perfect end result of this would be if Britney gets her freedom and is able to speak out against these abuses, and that would give a voice to all of those people who don't have one, and maybe we would have some sort of meaningful change or reform. Without a high-profile advocate, I don't see this ever changing because the courts are so difficult to reform, and all of this is so entrenched that it's it's almost impossible to change it unless it gets some sort of public notoriety. If the public becomes aware of this problem, then maybe something could change. If you don't know about, I didn't know about this before. I, the first time I found out about this kind of thing, I had no idea. How would I, right? There's a show on Netflix called Dirty Money. And there's an episode on there called Guardians Incorporated. And they go over this kind of stuff, like how these people are being abused and I don't, this is already super long episode, so I don't have time to go over here, but I highly suggest watching this episode and you'll get an idea of what it's probably like for Brittany and how it's possible to get away with these things. And you'll get an idea of how widespread this problem is. And it, you might end up, it might end up blowing your mind. You might be surprised because this looks like the kind of stuff you'd expect from, I don't know, North Korea. I never thought something like this would be possible in America. You think we have freedom and rights, but we don't. Go watch that show. Guardians Incorporated is the episode of Dirty Money on Netflix. Go watch it, and you might be a little depressed afterwards, but I think it's important people know about this. Okay, well, that was a bit longer than I thought it would be, but um, that's pretty much all I have to say about the free Britney topic. Good luck out there to not just Britney, but all the people under conservatorships that are trying to get out. Tune in next time for, uh, I think we're doing the Denver airport. I'm not 100% sure. We'll see. All right, catch you guys next time. If you like the show, you can really help us out by leaving us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, hit that subscribe button. 
Um, if you want to hit up the show, you got questions or comments, stories of your own, you can contact us at uh, alienconpod at protonmail.com. That's A-L-I-E-N-C-O-N-P-O-D at protonmail.com. And if you leave us a comment at that address, be sure to say whether or not you want us to read your comments on the air, because if you have a comment that you want it just to be like a private thing, that's fine. But if you want it to be read on the air, we might do that too, but let us know. And also let us know if you want to remain anonymous. And also if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are on Twitter at AlienConPod. That's the at symbol AlienConPod. Pod. 